Hi, I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy with another Global Real Estate School podcast. Hey, John Mayfield, the business tech guy, also the real estate tech guy on occasion. Hey, I can go by either one, right? (laughs) I love to help real estate agents, but I also love to help small business owners with their uh, technology needs and marketing needs. And so thanks for joining me. I'm going to actually cover some information for my global real estate school students. And today I thought we would talk about the difference between condominiums and cooperatives. They love to have questions over condominiums versus cooperatives. And so you could see one or two questions. And today I'm going to help you be able to understand and distinguish between the two when you see those questions. So let's talk about a condominium first of all. A condominium, you need to understand, is a form of ownership, okay? You are actually selling a block of air. If I were inside a condominium here, the legal description for the condominium would be from that interior wall over to the interior wall there, back to that interior wall, and back to this interior wall behind me. And so there is an actual legal description that covers that specific unit or block of air. Now, remember, legal descriptions could be in the form of a meets and bounds. Remember, with meets and bounds, you always begin and end at the point of beginning. Or it could be a lot and block. It could also be a combination of two of those. Normally, what I've seen with condominiums is a lot and block along with a meets and bounds. And it could also incorporate what we call the government rectangular survey system. So a condominium is a form of ownership in which units are generally sold. You have fee simple title this block of air that's right here. You know, it all kind of ties together when we talk about economic characteristics of real estate, because one of the things I talk about is the fact that your your rights as a homeowner, property rights not only run horizontally this way, but they also run vertically. And so you can sell off mineral rights And you could sell off air rights. And so if you have a property that's right on the beach, supply and demand, an economic characteristic of real estate, that property is probably worth a lot more because it has the potential, if the ground is correctly uh, suited for it, to have a high-rise building that could have all of these beautiful views of the ocean And so you just would sell off the blocks of air because remember, you own out into infinity down to the center of the earth. So see how all of this is kind of tying together if you're going through the course and you're thinking, um, I have these 
you know, I, I bought this land, and so I, I owned the center of the earth, and I own out into infinity. I own all of that, and I could actually have a legal description created or factored in from a surveyor, and thank goodness we don't have to know that for the real estate exam, and I could sell off blocks of air, that, of this air, this, this property that I own above my head. So a very interesting concept there. So it's a form of ownership, and these units are normally sold. The other item that we need to understand here, and I have some notes in front of me on my screen, so I want to kind of refer to those, uh, is that condo owners have title to their individual unit and an undivided interest in the common areas. So my mother lived in a condominium. My sister and brother-in-law actually purchased her condo, and they live there now, but there's a swimming pool at Summerfield Condominium Project. And the swimming pool is what we would call common areas. So my, my mother owned, and now my sister and her husband own, uh, the title to the individual unit, but they also own this undivided interest with all of the other condo owners of what is called the common areas. The, the grass in between the units, the swimming pool. If you were in a condominium complex where there were tennis courts or uh, there's a condominium complex, we actually, my mother and I started the first condominium project. We, we helped sell, which is called Sugar Maple Estates in Deloge, Missouri. And it had the, the old St. Joe Minerals president home I think at one time it was someone with St. Joe who owned this beautiful home and there was this land all around there. And so the developer built all of these condos and he left the home as a, uh, I want to say like a community center, but it was a place where the condo owners could use it for parties or gatherings or anything like that. And so all of the people in Sugar Maple actually own that home as undivided interest. And they would have to own those, bridging back to another piece of what we learned in the course, they would have to own those as tenants in common. Why tenants in common? Because remember with tenants in common, there is no right of survivorship. So you can leave that to your heirs. So if you, if you die, your condominium, because you own the unit, the block of air in fee simple, your heirs would get that. and Your heirs could also get the undivided interest in all the common areas. Again, the pool, the tennis courts, the clubhouse is what I was trying to think of. So that's the ownership. Now we have to remember with a condominium, there are fees associated, right? So because you're going to have to keep up the, the pool and the clubhouse and cutting the grass and the snow removal, things that people like about living in a condominium. And so there are HOA fees. There are condominium fees for all of the upkeep of the common areas. Need to know that for the exam. 
Um, there's also kind of an interesting point. There are what we call bylaws and the covenants, conditions, and restrictions. You might see that abbreviated on the exam as CC and R. Okay, apostrophe S. The covenants, conditions, and restrictions, or the bylaws, what you can and can't do in your condominium complex. In Summerfield, you cannot rent the condos. No renting. It's a 55 and older complex. That gets into a whole other area that I'm not going to talk about today. But there are bylaws, what you can and can't do. Maybe how many cars you can park out front of your condominium. The insurance is typically the condo association has a what we call a master policy that covers the common areas while the individual owners insure the interiors of their unit. So I would need to have insurance for the inside of this if it were a condominium plus my contents, but the condominium development, the board, the association would have a master policy that would cover things like the roofs and the exterior and the common areas of the property. And then remember, when you're, when you're selling a condo, you're actually selling the individual unit along with your interest in the common elements, the common areas, okay, the pool and all of that. And you own that in an undivided interest. You'd probably own that if there were whatever fraction of percent the, was divided by all the owners, that, that's what you would own. Cooperatives, on the other hand, or what we call co-ops, uh, is a form of ownership in which residents own shares in a corporation that owns the entire building or complex. Um, you do not own the individual units in a cooperative. Instead, you have a lease or a contract that grants you the right to live there. You see a lot of cooperatives in New York, Chicago. Uh, my friend Jim Kinney, I don't know, Jim, if you're watching, hello. Uh, Jim does a lot of real estate in downtown Chicago, and Jim sells a lot of cooperatives. Very familiar with the cooperative um, the uh, situation in Chicago, and he's probably, I would say, the go-to guy if you're looking for a cooperative or any kind of real estate in downtown Chicago, just look up Jim uh, or contact me and I'll get you in touch with him. But a great guy. And we've talked about cooperatives a lot. Uh, Co-op shareholders own shares in the cooperative corporation proportional to the size and or desirability of their specific unit rather than owning the unit itself. So you're going to own shares in this corporation and that's going, your number of shares will depend upon the size, maybe even uh, the location in the building, the, the desirability of that. Uh, you have a board approval in a condominium. Now also we can go back to the bylaws in a, in a condominium. Uh, Summerfield, for example, has a first right of refusal. A lot of condominium complexes will have that. In other words, if you sell, whenever you sell your condominium for whatever price, you have to offer it 
to the association at that same price. It's called a first right of refusal. Normally, the condominium complex would not buy the condominium, but if somebody was just selling it ridiculously for 500 bucks or pennies on the dollar, you know what? The association may exercise their first right of refusal and purchase that. So that would be a part of those bylaws and covenants, conditions, and restrictions. Um, with a cooperative, you do need board approval. Um, in most co-ops, any potential buyer must be approved by the cooperative's board of directors. And this is a unique feature of a co-op. So I would make sure you take a good note of that. There are maintenance fees. Uh, we, had, we had association fees with your condominium, but the shareholders typically pay a monthly maintenance fee, which covers items like property taxes, if the building has a mortgage on it, upkeep, all of those items. I remember Jim was telling me about a cooperative in Chicago, and they had to do some exterior work, and he said everyone in the building was issued a like a thirty or thirty-five thousand uh, dollar invoice for some repairs that had to be done. So you may have some maintenance fees like that if if they had to go out and take a loan out as the cooperative to pay for those upkeeps or those renovations, then there's going to be a mortgage payment and you would have to pay a part of that mortgage payment with your maintenance fees. Um, financing can be a little tricky on a cooperative. You know, with a, with a condominium, if you get a loan, the lender or the bank is going to secure that property because remember, you own that block of air. So the bank can literally secure your property. With a cooperative, it's a little different because remember, you don't, you don't have fee simple title. You have a long-term proprietary lease. They love those words on the exam. And so financing can be a little more challenging than a condo since you're typically not buying real estate you're buying shares in a corporation. So you probably have to have a pretty good credit score. You know, that would be a great exam question, which would be more challenging for a buyer to get financing on a condominium or cooperative. Well, it's a cooperative. Why? Because you're just getting shares in a corporation. Uh, Co-op shareholders can often deduct their proportionate share of the building's tax and mortgage interest Condominium owners, you know, they're going to be able to deduct their mortgage interest and, and some of those items because they own the property. And if you don't pay your mortgage payment with a condominium, this could be an exam question here. If you don't pay your mortgage payment with a condominium, um, the bank could foreclose and take the condominium from you, just like they could a regular house. In a cooperative if you don't pay your payment to the cooperative, the mortgage payments due, all of the other co-op folks have to pick up the tab for you. So a little bit different. A lot of these, you can see how they could really, uh, you got to know this and think about this as you read some of these questions. And I've got a couple of questions we'll go over here in, in addition. Uh, co-ops also have bylaws, house rules, proprietary leases. They love that word. I told you that earlier. 
which dictate the shareholders' rights and responsibilities. So here we go, John and Lucy. My dog's name is Lucy, and I'm John. <laughs> John and Lucy are considering purchasing a residence in a metropolitan area. They come across two district, two distinct options in a unit in Sky High Towers condominium complex and a unit in Urban Haven, a cooperative housing society. They approach a real estate agent named Karen for advice and information. Karen explains that if they purchase a unit in Sky High Towers, they would, well, remember Sky High Towers is a condominium complex. Urban Haven was a cooperative. Well, A, own shares in a corporation that owns the entire building. No, remember, Sky High Towers would be a condominium. Have to get approval from a board of directors before purchasing. No, that sounds like a co cooperative. Own the specific unit and have an undivided interest in the common areas. That sounds like the right answer. Or D, pay a monthly maintenance fee that includes the property's underlying mortgage. No, that's a cooperative. So the correct answer is C, okay? They would own the specific unit and have an undivided interest in the common areas because it's a condominium. Question number two, when discussing Urban Haven, Karen mentions that one challenge John and Lucy might face is... Securing a mortgage because they're buying shares, not real property. Sounds like that could be it. Remember, Urban Haven is a cooperative. And I told you earlier, it's a little more challenging to get a loan in a cooperative. So A is the answer. B says, being bound by covenants, conditions, restrictions. No, that's the condominium. C says, ensuring their individual unit's interior is insured by the cooperative's Master policy, well, um, that's not a challenge. You know, you'd have to do that in a cooperative. D, reselling the individual unit along with an interest in the common property. No, that's characteristic of a condominium. The challenge would be to get the loan because the lender's only loaning on shares to the cooperative. Well, there you have it. Two questions that cover condominiums and cooperatives. You need to know that. You could see one or two questions from this area. And hey, every question counts. Talk to a lady today. She missed it by one question. She wasn't one of my students, but she's taking some of my stuff now. And she told me, she said, John, your material helped me so much, and I appreciate that. But I hate that. She missed it by one question today. But it's okay. She was in good spirits, and she's going to go back and pass the next time. It is a tough test. You've got to study hard. That's why you need my flashcards and or my ultimate real estate exam prep. If you get the ultimate real estate exam prep, you actually get the flashcards and you get all of the multiple choice questions that I have. And I'm going to put these two questions in there because I like those. They're good questions. But you're going to pass that exam. A lot of it's mindset. 
and um, I want to help you do that. Hey, thanks for watching this video. Be sure and subscribe if you haven't done so. Remember, I have a podcast with lots of great content there. People tell me all the time they use it when they exercise, drive to work, or go for a walk to help prepare for the real estate exam. I want to help you succeed and pass the real estate exam. Thank you so much for watching this video. As always, I like to say go out, make it a great day, but go to globalrealestateschool.com and check us out there. And then go out and make it a great day. Have a good day, everyone. Hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Global Real Estate School. I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day.